want to give you an update from uh, Tanzania. I had returned just before last weekend's services and uh, wanted to give all the time we could to John Bevere to preach that message. And so I said, I'll wait on the Tanzania update. But I wanted all of our campuses to hear this. And I think they have some pictures that I want to fly through. But uh, years ago, before COVID, we built a 5,000-seat auditorium in Tanzania. And uh, you can see it there. They, they filled it. They said it is a 6,000-seat auditorium. They said, we put more Africans in there than you do Americans, all right? So 6,000 seats. Kingdom Builders built that. It was about a million dollars to build that. Us and one other church in Texas uh, combined over four years and gave $125,000 each year to do that. And while we were there, we saw the place packed with services. And then we were able to go to one of the training centers. I think we got a picture of this house here. Yeah. And you'll see that house. You'll see an outbuilding there as well. And they build a, a school for pastors to train. We're building 31 of those around the nation. And River Valley is paying for three of those to be built this year. They're $75,000 each. We're doing that through Kingdom Builders. We give them four other outbuildings. We put the roof on it. And then we say, as God provides you get to finish the campus. And so it's a, a shared thing. We do the start, and then they do the finishing. Um, while we were there, we also visited a church, and this is really neat. This church here, you'll see the blue and white building is actually this nursery school, and the church is the building back behind it. Every church in Tanzania that's part of the Assemblies of God needs to have a nursery school. And uh, Dr. Barnabas said, we're going to teach the kids about Jesus before they ever get to grade school. And so every single AG church in Tanzania has a nursery school. Now, show the picture of the pastor and uh, those of us on our team. Okay, the pastor and his wife, and I brought some of our staff with us, uh, the pastor and his wife of that church and nursery school said we're $6,000 away from finishing the nursery school, and they shared their story. They said the people in this village, are it's a heavily Muslim uh, village, beat us and left us for dead on the side of the road. They thought they had killed us, but my wife had enough strength to crawl for help. And then after being in the hospital for weeks on end to get on the mend, we, were, we, we stayed alive. And we said, they said, we're not leaving this community. We are staying and we're going to reach them. And when I heard that dedication and that they needed $6,000 to finish their nursery school, I said, Kingdom Builders is paying for your nursery school. So you paid for a nursery school to be finished for them to reach their village. We dedicated a seminary that you helped build, and it's a big five-story building. We have the dedication there. What you'll see is the prime minister is there, Dr. Barnabas, uh, Sam Johnson, who has been helping us with Priority One, myself, and then you can't really see her, but the speaker of the house is there, and the speaker of the house was raised in the Assemblies of God there, and it's the highest elected official with the Assemblies of God that they've had there. And they're believing within the next 25 years, the president could be from the Assemblies of God, the prime minister and the speaker of the house. But we dedicated that. The press was there. And then go ahead and show a picture of the building. They've got the five-story. There you go. The five-story building that we built through Kingdom Builders, the seminary and the headquarters. And uh, yeah. And uh, last but not least, that we ordained 607 pastors, every one of the pastors in white, white all the way down, 607 pastors are saying, here am I, send me. And each of them at their ordination service had to promise that they would start five new churches and find five pastors to pastor those five new churches. And I was like, wow, what a joy to be there. So that's part of your kingdom builder investment. 
and I bring that report. And I wanted all the campuses to hear that before I preach this message. Now, I want to jump into this message because this is one that jumped off the page of the Bible to me when I was doing our SOAP reading. If you're not familiar, Scripture, Observation, Application, Prayer. We assign two chapters every day for the whole church to read. I also read a proverb of the day. And then if I want to read more, I'll read more and keep reading. But we ask everybody to do those two chapters a day. And so as we're reading through Exodus, this just jumped off the page. Two words. Two words jumped off. And from there, I just got a downloaded sermon, and I couldn't wait to preach it. Uh, But it's in Exodus chapter 5, verse 23. And, you know, we just finished Exodus. So Exodus 5, 23, and it starts it. It says, ever since. Now, those are the two words that jumped off the page. Ever since. Moses is speaking. Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on this people, and you have not rescued your people at all. And I was reading that, I thought, ever since. And it just jumped off the page because I have heard so many people say, ever since I stepped out for God, this bad thing happened. Ever since, ever since. And it just jumped off. And I've noticed there's a pattern that is in the story of Moses. And I hope to look at Moses and at Paul with the time that we have, and then look at our own life, how it applies. But I've noticed this, God gives you a promise. And God gave Moses a promise. You are going to deliver my people out of Egypt. And he's like, okay. And then he says uh, to the people, like, after objecting, he says to everybody, like, I am going to deliver the people out of Egypt. And I'm sure that they were like, that is awesome. That's amazing. You're going to do it. And then he, he does this obedience. He goes to Pharaoh. He says, you got to let God's people go. And what happens? If you know the story, Pharaoh objects. He's like, no, you're not going. There's an obstacle. So you've got, God makes a promise. He said, here's what you're going to do. You go and tell everyone, just like Moses, oh, here's what I'm going to do. And then you are in obedience. And then there's an obstacle. Pharaoh's like, not a chance. And then he does an, a, a, more. The people start complaining against him. And then Moses starts living in fear and doubt. Just, we do the same thing. And fear and doubt starts creeping in. Did I really hear from God? Is he even faithful? What's going on? And if you don't watch it, you'll start pointing at God going, ever since, ever since. And I'm telling you, you can vent to God. He can handle it, all right? You can vent to him, but God is faithful. And these stories are here with Moses and with Paul to help us. And for those of you that don't know the story, let me backfill it. Moses is minding his business. He's got a good life. He's got, he's married, he's got a great life, and all of a sudden he sees a burning bush, and from that burning bush, God speaks to him and says, I'm I'm ending this easy thing that you've got. You've got 40 acres or 400 acres or whatever it was, he's out there. You got sheep and goats, you got a wife, you got family, you're with your in-law, it's a good life. He goes, I'm ending this. I'm now putting you on a mission and on a journey, and I am going to have you go and speak to Pharaoh so that my people can be set free. And when he does that, Pharaoh doesn't just get angry with them. It's like he gets, you know, insulted almost by God and by Moses. And so he says to his people, he said, you know what, these Israelites, you, you tell these slaves that they need to start making bricks without straw. I'm going to make it difficult on them. I mean, you can imagine, Moses like, thinking, like, I'm sure he's thinking, like, he'd go to Pharaoh and, like, you know, he'd throw the rod down, like, and we'd turn into a snake or something. And, and he'd be like, Pharaoh would be like, that's pretty awesome. God's real. And then he'd get out, right? You know, he was just like us. He wanted it in fast time and in easy installments, right? I want it fast and easy. 
and, and it didn't happen fast and easy. And Pharaoh's like, I'm going to make it difficult. And as he makes it difficult, you know what happens? He punishes the people's leaders and he starts beating the leaders of the people because they're not making all the bricks in the right amount of time. And so you could see this. Then they start, the people start turning against Moses. And that's where he's at. He's like, ever since. And he's thinking, like, I failed. He's probably incredibly discouraged. He's being rejected by the very people that he's like, I'm here to set you free. And they're like, not really. If you think being set free is making bricks without straw and getting beaten, that's not what we had in mind. He's stunned. He's confused. He's wondering, what in the world God ever sense? I was just minding my own business. I didn't even want to go to church on Saturday night. And then he called me. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, you can relate. You start a business and you're like, I'm going to step out in faith and I'm going, to, I'm going to start this business and I'm going to give more to Kingdom Builders than ever before and I'm going to do this. And then as soon as you get that client, then that client goes out of business. You're like, out of business. You're like, what, what just happened, God? I stepped out in faith and then, you know, that happened. Or you're bold at work. You're like, I, you're in service. And you're like, God says, I want you to lead a Bible study at your workplace. So you start leading the Bible study at your workplace. And then HR comes in and says, no Bible studies at this workplace. You're like, wait a minute, I thought we could have a Bible study. Not in this place, boss said. He's not, a, he's not happy with you or she's not happy with you. No Bible studies. And you're like, okay, ever since I said I'd be bold at work, now look it. Or, you know, it just goes on and on. You step into leadership and you say like, okay, I'm going to answer the call. I'm going to step up. I'm going to lead a small group. I'm going to do it. And as soon as that starts happening, you have marriage problems. Your truck gets repossessed. Your dog runs away. And then you write a country song. How many know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you play a country song backwards. You know what happens? Your dog comes back. Your truck comes back. And your marriage comes. All right. Anyways, all right. All right. You sign up to serve. Oh, I'm going to serve. And then all of a sudden your schedule changes. And you're like, ever since I said I would serve, now I have to work even more. It happens like that. And you start crying out with your ever since. It happens to everybody. But Moses vents to God. And like I said, God can handle it. And God's like, I will do what I'm going to do, which is interesting. Moses is venting ever since. And I love that God's just like, okay, moving on. Like he ignored. Aren't you glad that God ignores our venting? I'm so grateful. You know, I'm so grateful. But in Exodus chapter six, verse one, it says, then the Lord said to Moses, now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of his country. And in verse eight, it says, and I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. He's like, I'm going to do this. I know you want it quick and, and painless, but I'm doing something and I am working in something. And God says, soon I will do this. Soon I will do this. And how many know God's soon and our soon are very different speeds? When I was speaking in Thailand um, years ago, I was preaching there and I found out that um, they have a speed in Thailand where they walk just fast enough to not sweat. And it's super slow. And they're getting there, but they walk just, they, they know it's really hot, and they know that if they walk at a really slow speed, they won't sweat, and so that's just a common speed. And I, I just, I said to him, when you're waiting on God, doesn't it feel like God is walking at no sweat speed? You know what I'm saying? He's like, I'm not going to sweat. I'm not sweating. And you're like, please, God, I am sweating. I'm doing a lot of sweating, and if you could just sweat a little more and get here a little quicker, you know? But he's just waiting and waiting. He's waiting. 
But God reminds them, and he says, like, I'm doing something. And I summarized uh, chapter 6, and I just, I'm going to give you this summary, all right? These are, I just put it all together. I am the Lord. I've heard the people groaning. I've heard the people groaning of my people. I have remembered my covenant. I am the Lord. I will bring you out. I will deliver you. I will redeem you. I will bring you into the land that I swore I am the Lord. Moses' problem is he doesn't see the big picture, and neither do we. Like, he's, not, he's just seeing right here the complaining and Pharaoh and the anger and the bricks and the stuff, and he's wondering, what is going on? And he doesn't see the big picture. He doesn't know what God is doing behind the scenes. And as I've grown in the Lord, I've understood that there were a lot of things going on. And as I see the scripture in this story, I realized that God was working on a bunch of people's hearts to make everything work. So we know from the scripture that God is hardening Pharaoh's heart. So God's hardening Pharaoh's heart. I believe God was softening Moses' heart because I know as a leader in this church, when things were delayed for me, God was working on me and giving me a softer heart as a leader, okay? The leaders of the people, this is important, they were being um, beaten, and you think like, well, that's unfair. Well, think about it. They were being loosened from their privilege, So in the midst of the suffering, are you tracking with me? There's leaders of the slaves. They're still slaves, but they're leaders of the slaves, and they get a little extra privilege. They get to take, you know, so it's not as bad for them. Well, when the people aren't meeting their brick quota, they're now getting beaten, so their privilege is disappearing, and he's making it miserable for leaders that might have tried to talk the people out of like, we don't want to leave Egypt. It's pretty good in Egypt. But now they're like, get us out of Egypt because we're getting beaten. Do you understand? Hearts were being prepared. And then the people are understanding Egypt's not good. Egypt is not a good place. And all these hearts are being prepared. And thank God that these hardships were happening in that moment because the children of Israel barely hang on. Even after all the hardship, at one point, they're like, Moses, you brought us out here to kill us. God brought us out kill us. And it was better in Egypt. The food was amazing there. Our bed was better. I mean, think about it. God had to make it so miserable that they'd leave and they barely held on to what he wanted them to do. Can I say this? I believe God is working in your situation and he might be preparing hearts in your situation. You and your family might be so accustomed to the comforts that you have that God's like, wait, I'm just, all I'm doing is getting rid of those comforts so that when you are at in Thailand without air conditioning, you don't complain. I'm just making it so you get ready. And, 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 and I, I, don't worry, I've got a plan. I got something that I'm working here, that the hearts were being prepared. And that's what God's doing all the time. There's even more that God's doing. I mean, think about this, even with the Passover, where the angel of death passes over the house, which is pointing to the Passover lamb. Like, God's got to move within a 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 move. And just because we don't understand it, we sit there and vent to God ever since, ever since. Now, in your ever since, don't attack God. Don't do that. Don't, don't, I mean, you might say like, well, ever since I started serving you, God, all my friends that are angry with me, I started serving you, I gave my life to you, and ever since, you know what, that's expected. First Peter chapter four, verses three and four says, you have already lived long enough like people who don't know God. You were immoral and followed your evil desires. You went around drinking and partying and carrying on. In fact, you even worshiped disgusting idols. Now your former friends wonder why you've stopped running around with them and they curse you for it. He's like, you know what? Be expected. Like you're gonna step out for God. Expect that your former friends are gonna be upset. 
You say, well, I stepped on God. I, I, I want to do this. And then my boss started attacking me. And Jesus is like, I got one for you, Matthew 5, 11. God bless you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. He's like, it happens. You're just living out your ever sense. And I want you to stay faithful in your ever sense. Listen to what George Mueller said. This guy ran an orphanage in England. And he never shared his need. Never, not once. He only said, we're going to pray in everything. He prayed in all the food for hundreds of orphanages. Never did a testimony. Never sent out a newsletter. Now, he just said, God's going to provide either with a knock on the door. With, he will provide through prayer. Okay? And this is what he said about hardship. If anyone thinks that on account of our trials of faith during this year, we have been disappointed in our expectations or discouraged in the work, my answer is that the very opposite is true. Such days were expected from the beginning. The chief end which the institution was established is that the church would see the hand of God stretched out on our behalf in answer to prayer. Our desire, therefore, is not that we may be without trials of faith, but that the Lord would graciously support us in the trial and that we may not dishonor him by distrust. Wow. He said, it's expected. We started on this journey to run this orphanage and we expected that there'd be trials. We expected that there'd be a, a time of ever since. And we just wanted to say, God, we want to be faithful in our ever since. We don't want to do anything that would dishonor you. We just want to glorify you and honor you. That's a beautiful way to live. And that's the way the Apostle Paul lived. So we have Moses. Now let's look at the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul is being faithful, doing everything God's told him to do. He's going from town to town to town to town to town, doing that. And one night, God speaks to him in a vision, in a dream. And in that vision, in a dream, he sees this guy saying, come to Macedonia, come and help us. And, and Paul's like, guys, guys, all right, I, we're going to Macedonia. God spoke to me. He gave me a dream. Can you imagine? He's telling his traveling party, like, we're going to Macedonia. We're not going that way anymore. We're going to Macedonia. God spoke to us. Can you imagine thinking, like, what's going to happen there? It's going to be incredible. It's going to be absolutely amazing. All right? So they get there to Philippi. They get there. And in Acts chapter 16, uh, they get there. And in, in verse 14, it says, one of those that was listening was a woman from the city of Thyatrina. Oh, sorry, Thyatrian. My kids were teasing me the other day. They said, Dad, whenever you don't know how to pronounce the word, you just say it fast. Good, good observation. <laughs> good observation. Named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us into her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. So Paul's there. They get there. The first person they lead to the Lord is Lydia. And I have a nickname for her, Loaded Lydia. She was loaded with money. She was a seller of purple, which was royalty. She has a big house. She has servants. And she, le she gets led to the Lord. And they're like, praise God. Vision is awesome. This is amazing. Praise God. A little bit further, there's a girl that's demon-possessed we see in the book of Acts. She's following them in Philippi. Paul turns around and is like, in Jesus' name, come out of her and sets her free. Well, the people get upset because they lose their money from this girl they lose their money. They get upset, and they raise up false charges against Paul and Silas. And what do they do? They beat them and throw them in jail. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm Silas and Paul had a dream to go to Macedonia, and I am now in jail, I am like, look at the fine mess you got us in now. That's what I'd be saying. You know, but they didn't. They didn't. 
in there ever since. I mean, I'm sure they're thinking when they lead Lydia to the Lord and they're staying there and they're like, it's amazing. And then they, you know, they cast the demon out. They're like, we're doing the right thing. I mean, and now they're in prison and I'm sure that they could have easily complained. I mean, I'm sure Paul could have been like, God, ever since you gave me that dream. I didn't want the dream. I was just sleeping. Then you gave me the dream, but he doesn't do this, but he could have. And it, we'd have been justified in our minds to say, ever since. I mean, I get here, I lead, loaded Lydia to the Lord and, and she's got... Giza dream sheets for me and everything, and it's awesome. And, and now I'm in this dungeon, and, and, and then we cast out the girl, and, and we stopped her out of, out of trafficking, human trafficking. That's good. And now I can't even lift up my hands to praise you because I'm in stockades. I'm bleeding from everywhere. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. That would be like what we would do, right? That's how we react. You know what he does? He's like, come on, let's praise God. Let's praise God in our ever sense. Let's lift up the name of Jesus right now in our ever sense. That's what they do. And can I just tell you an example from Paul is something you should apply to your life. When you are living in your ever sense and it's not going the way you thought and, and it looked like it was purple and luxury and all of a sudden it's not purple and luxury and it's sacrifice and you sold this or you got rid of that or it got delayed. You thought you were going there within 12 months. It's now 24 months. Or you thought everybody'd show up to your small group and there's four people and you're like, I thought it would be 40. I have a big living room and you got, and, and in your ever sense, praise God. Praise God. Everything within you will want to complain and, and vent and, and don't do it. Say, God, I am going to praise you for the four. God, I'm going to praise you for the sale of that. I didn't need it anyways. And praise God. You, you just start praising God. And that's what they do. And in the midst of it, they, they, the, the jail shakes, the bonds fall off of them, all the doors are open and the jailer's about to kill himself. And Paul's like, no, stop. God wants me to start a prison ministry. You don't have to take your life. We're all right here. And, and Paul's like, I thought I was going to be outside with, you know, Lydia and the girl that we set free out of trafficking, but now we got a prison ministry and he's not complaining about it. And he's taking care of the prison guard. And can I just say this? Stop complaining. Like, look for where God wants you next. You're like, well, I thought it would be that. Well, praise God for the four. Develop the four. See what God has. You say, well, I thought it would be 12 months. Well, praise God for whatever delay is going on right now. And what other ministry are you doing? Or are you just going to sit around and sit around ever since, ever since, ever since? Stay busy. Look to see what God's doing behind the scenes. Do you realize what God was doing behind the scenes? God was setting up a church in Philippi that had someone from every layer of society. Lydia is saved from the richest class, okay? You've got the demon-possessed girl who was a slave from the lowest class, and you've got the jailer from the middle class. And in Philippi, God's like, get ready. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving my church here, and I've got upper class, middle class, and lower class all saved in the beginning of my church here. Watch what I'm going to do and how they're going to permeate into each strata of this city. It's beautiful. God has a move within a move within a move within a move. And so we're, we're not going to complain. We're going to continue to praise him. Some of you might need to even come to multiple services and praise him again and again and again and again and just keep praising God in the midst of your ever since. And trust me, it happens to every one of us. 
Ever since, I mean, my ever since days, when we started the church, I mean, Becca and I would sit there and we're like, ever since you called us, and, uh, Lord, you know, we held our paycheck 12 different times. We couldn't cash the paycheck. There was not enough in the offering to even cash paycheck. We're like, okay, God. And we didn't, we didn't run around going, he's not faithful. We, we said, okay, God, this is a week of prayer and fasting. <laughs> week of prayer and fasting. We were to pray like crazy. You, 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 you don't complain. You don't abandon. Can I say this? So many people have an idea of like, well, I said yes to God, and I prayed this prayer, and I wanted this to happen, and I wanted this to happen in my family, or I wanted this to happen for my mom, and it didn't happen, and you get mad, and in your ever since, I've watched people walk away from God. Well, ever since I said yes to him, and then he didn't do this for my family, and I'm so mad at him, and I'm not serving him. Don't do that. Don't do that. God has a plan. He's working a move within a move within a move within a move. And you have no idea. We're going to praise him. We're not going to complain. We're going to stay faithful. Paul gives us a few more things. And in Romans 12, 12, he says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. That's three great things as well. You're going to praise him. You're not going to complain. You're going to look for open doors, whatever he's got for you right now until you get to wherever he wants you to go. And you're going to be joyful in hope. You're going to, your attitude's going to be like, I don't know when it's going to happen, but it could be today. I don't know when it's going to happen, but we could have it tomorrow. I don't know when it's going to, but I, I'm believing God. I'm going to be joyful in hope, and then I'm going to be patient in affliction. And I'm going to be faithful in prayer. Okay, God, I'm going to keep bringing this to you. I'm going to be praying, and, and I'm going to be doing this. Now, can I just assure a few people here that are in this season right now, you're not doing anything wrong to, to be met with your ever sense. That's a common thing. You think like, I stepped out in faith, and as soon as I did that, and then you're, you're not doing anything wrong. You're being obedient. You just need to survive through your ever sense. All right? You just need to survive through your ever sense. All right? And you get through. So you're not doing anything wrong. God's like softening, loosening, getting you ready for all these things. And I thought about a few people in our church, and I won't say names, but... I talked this week to one of our missionaries, fully funded. He and his family are fully funded, and they just can't wait to get in this country that's restricted, and they just can't wait. They are ready to go. They're itching to go. They're just like, oh, we want to be there. And I was just praying, God, open up that country, open up that country. But I want to speak to that missionary. While you're waiting, you're one of our 500. While you're waiting, just be faithful. God's opening doors. God's using you right now. I don't know what is the thing that needs to be moved around, but things are being moved, and God's faithful to his promise. To the person that's part of our 500, that your funding is coming in slow, and you're wondering, like, oh, ever since I said yes, and I said I was going to quit my job, and I said I'd go to this country, I mean, the funding is coming. God's faithful. God's faithful. He's, his promise is true. Just like he got the Israelites out of Egypt, and, and Moses was living in that ever since, God's going to get you to your promised land, to the leader that stepped into the new role. You've stepped into, don't back down. There's a, a tendency sometimes when you're living in your ever since, the enemy will lie to you and he'll say, if you back down, it'll go way easier for you. If you stop leading, it'll go, we, like, you just need to don't listen to God and what he promised. Don't, you know, he's not coming through. And he lies to you and you think like, yeah, I, I, I should not lead anymore. I should step back. It was foolish to do. No, you stay faithful in your ever sense. And don't you listen to that lie that says if you give a truce. The devil doesn't give you a truce. 
He's just lying. Be obedient to what God says. Those of you that want to be bold at school or at work, and I think about uh, a man in our church, I talked to him. He was being bold with his company, and the CEO said, we don't do that. We don't do that. Not in, not in this company. And he's trying to figure out what is he supposed to do. I'm saying be bold. Be, be listening to what the Holy Spirit has to say. Be, realize that God is going to use you in that company. There are ways for you to maneuver around and to live within the law and to keep your job, but you're going to be obedient to what God spoke to you. To the entrepreneur that stepped out, and you said, I'm going to step out in faith. I'm no longer going to work here, but I'm going to step out in faith. I believe God wants to bless me. And I believe this, anytime you just feel that itch to start something and you feel like you've got that in you, I usually encourage people to do that and to step out. I always feel like, man, if you're working somewhere and you feel it within you to be an entrepreneur, you're not just faking it, but you really feel like it's in you. I'm like, step out and see what God can do. But you step out and all of a sudden you got to survive the starvation. I tell every new church planter, I say, you got to just survive the starvation at the beginning of the church. It just, you barely survive, but God's working. God's faithful in your ever sense, you'll, you'll get, he'll get you through it. Speaking of that, to the church planner, I believe when I was praying over this, there were some church planners that were watching this message. And I want to speak to you. You heard the voice of God. You heard the voice of God. That, that city needed your church. You're, you're hearing the voice of God. He's faithful. He's going to get you through your ever sense. And you're going to see the people get saved in that city. He's seeing your prayer walks. He's seeing your prayer drives. He's seeing that, and you're being faithful. I feel to those that are generous givers, you said, this would be your best year ever. Something sparked in you, and you said, this would be my best year ever. And all of a sudden, ever since, it's like the trend line, Lord, that down does not equal best year ever. And I believe God was faithful. God is faithful. And God is saying, survive your ever since. Praise him. Look for what he's doing. Be just joyful with your hope and anticipation. You know, be faithful with prayer and full of prayer. And you're going to live that life and say, God, I'm leaning in in my ever sense. I'm leaning in in my ever sense. I wish I had time for testimonies for people to share because as I shared this message with people this week, people were like, oh, been there, been there, been there, been there, been there. Matter of fact, hearing at all the campuses, if you have been through it ever since and God got you through to the promise and you just want to testify with a hand raise, could you raise a hand saying, man, you lived through that and God got you through? Raise your hand, hold it up high. God got you through. Look around, look around. A bunch of people got through their ever since. Now you can put them down. If you are in your ever since right now, you're like, you are one of the people. I, you stepped out, you did it, you were bold, you made the move, you did that, you thought God told you to lead the small group, do this, do that, whatever, and you're like, oh, I am living in the ever sense, and the enemy's yelling at me like I'm an idiot, the enemy's yelling at me like I should call a truce. In just a moment, I'm going to have you stand, and we're going to pray for you, because we've been through it. We've been through it. Here at all the campuses, if that's you, you say, I am in my ever sense. We won't ask you any other questions, but if you're in your ever sense right now and you're kind of in one of those moments like, ever sense, ah, <laughs> oh, and you need some prayer, could you stand up right now in this place and all the campuses right now? Stand up. That's right. Boom, 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 boom. People standing up. This, this is good. This is good. We're standing with you in your ever sense, but I want you right now, if you are in your ever sense and you're like, ever sense, and I just need a little encouragement, God, I need a little help. I need a little prayer. I need a l- somebody to come alongside me. 
give you just a second more. If you're in your ever sense right now, all across this place, and I'm guessing in all of our campuses, if you're online, type it in. I want to pray for you, and I'd love for this, if the people around you could just stand alongside you now. Could you stand alongside those people? Let them know they're not alone. Maybe put a hand on their shoulder. Just say, hey, you're not alone. You're not alone. We're going to pray together for those people living in their ever sense. We're going to pray for them right now. Lord, we pray for those people that are living in their ever sense right now. We've all been through it. Moses was through it. Paul was through it. We've, we've, I've been through it. Beck and I have been through it. There's been so many different things where we go through our ever sense. And right now, as they are in it, we're standing with them, letting them know that they're not alone. Your word is true. You are faithful. You're working on hearts. You're maneuvering things around. You're getting rid of things they didn't need. You're adding things to the journey that they just needed to wait for wherever they're at. But they're, when they heard your voice, they heard your promise, they need to live in that obedience and you're going to get them through their ever sense. Soon, soon, soon. And I pray they would not be discouraged by the word soon because it's soon on your time. And when you say, but we believe soon, countries will open, people will be sent, funds will be released, uh, uh, decisions will reverse at the workplace. Things will happen and their ever sense will turn into a testimony of your goodness and your greatness. So we stand with them in their ever sense and we just say they're not alone. They heard your voice. You're still moving. You're still on the throne and your promises are true. And thank you, God. Thank you, God, for getting us through our ever sense. And thank you, God, for getting them through their ever sense. We look forward for this moment turning into a testimony someday to your goodness and your greatness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.